Welcome to the Lasting Learning Podcast. I am so glad that you're here. This is Dave Schmidow, the host of the Lasting Learning Podcast. On this podcast, we're not in search of the latest gimmicks and tricks. Instead, we focus in on the people making a difference. We learn their stories, what's brought them success, and what matters most. I hope you'll stay connected to me and to all of our guests by subscribing and sharing this with your friends. Now, let's get to it. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Lasting Learning Podcast. Um, I am super, super excited about this week. This is an episode that I've been trying to capture for a couple of weeks now because um, the conversation that we're going to have today um, is it's kind of revolutionary. It's kind of mind-blowing. Um, you know, most of the people that listen to this podcast are educators um, or parents, and they are really focused on uh, the education of their children. And, uh, you know, as we, we talk through every episode of this podcast, we're really focused on the skills that matter, making sure that learning sticks. We're not just teaching to a test where um, kids are going to easily forget the content that we teach um, our students. And today's guest um, is an extraordinary, extraordinary man. I had the opportunity to meet him a couple of weeks ago, face-to-face. Um, I'll just give you a quick preview of him, and then I'll turn over to him to introduce himself. But his name is Mike Lippa, and Mike works at Snapchat, um, where I am housed up. I live up in Grand Blank, Michigan. If you did the, the hand thing for Michigan, I'm right up in the middle. Snapchat is um, located down in downtown Detroit, and it's there as a part of this revitalization effort in, in downtown Detroit where big things are happening. And um, Mike is a testament to some of those big things happening. So um, I'm just going to turn over to, to you, Mike, real quick. If you just want to introduce yourself, um, and then we're going to jump right in because your story is a powerful, powerful story. So tell us, who are you and what are you about? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, thanks, Dave. I appreciate that and the warm introduction. I hope I can live up to some of the things that well, you The bar has been raised. Good luck now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Mike Lippa, I'm the senior account executive at Snapchat in the automotive vertical. So what does that mean? Uh, essentially, that means that I'm a media or a digital media or social media sales professional. Ultimately, I guess the, the best way to describe that in layman's terms would be I am a consultant uh, to the big three automotive, um, particularly GM, Porsche, Subaru, and Mercedes. I have a counterpart that covers uh, Ford and Chrysler. But nonetheless, we consult on best practices on how to leverage Snapchat to ultimately drive branding and or lower funnel vehicle sales for those big three autos. And that there's a whole plethora of things that come along with that, like how to speak to a millennial or Gen Z audience um, in, a, in an ever-changing uh, environment where they're introducing electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles and a lot of changes happening there. So, you know, what is it that this new generation wants from a product standpoint? How do we speak to them? What do we say? What's going to resonate, um, et cetera? It, you know, you, you got one of those fancy titles, and I often joke, you know, my title, Executive Director of Curriculum and Instruction. It's one of those, it's pretty cool on a business card, but it doesn't necessarily say what you do. <laughs> so I appreciate the fact that you kind of explained what it is that, that you do on a day-to-day basis. And um, in layman's terms, you try to get automakers to um, advertise using Snapchat, in essence. Right. Um, yeah. and, but at the same, and at the same time, as much as I'm, as much as I'm measured on a sales as a performance standard at Snapchat, 
I'm measured by my clients from how I can help them drive results, right? So yeah. it's all going to be based on ROI. Yeah, so so good. And so there's going to be lots of connections that that I'm making just over the last couple of weeks as I've, as I've really focused on our initial conversation. Um, for those of you that, that aren't aware, uh, every every year here in our school district, or the Brandon School District, our, our building level administrators come back together and we do some training. And this year we decided to, to really take it outside of the box. And we went down and went to Snapchat in, in Detroit. We got to have a conversation with Mike and um, really try to expand our horizons so that we're not just looking at education as this linear thing where we're just preparing kids to play school every day. We're really trying to set them up for life. And we wanted to see what is life like. And the conversation was powerful. So for those of you that heard the word Snapchat, um, let me just put this out there. We are not trying to put a sales pitch on for Snapchat. We are not trying to say, hey, educators, you really need to be using Snapchat or not. That, that is not this conversation at all. Um, I mean, I can, I'll stand on that soapbox some other time and tell you about the beauty of Snapchat, but that's not Mike's intent. That's not my intent at all. Um, we're really here to, to tell the Mike Lippo story, if you will. If this is like a, a 30 and 30 on ESPN, we want to find out like what makes him tick because his job, uh, I'll just be real with you. It's pretty cool to work in um, one of the, the, the coolest social media companies there is. Snapchat is it's what all the kids use. And you know, he's got the stats to prove, truly, all the kids use it. But if you think about the nature of his job, he's trying to sell ad space to automotive executives, if you will, um, who aren't necessarily in that kid's space. And he's got a hard job of trying to teach a different language to different people. He's truly like a, a language interpreter, if you will, trying to convince people and, and sell people and um, boils down to the relationships he's able to make and the relationships he has that he can leverage for, for, his, for his job. And in education, that's really what we're all about. Um, as a former teacher and building administrator, my job was to, to get numbers. Um, but I had to use my relationships with people to try to get those numbers. So, uh, Mike, before we dive too far into that piece of it, though, can you do you mind sharing a little bit about your story? Um, you know, you you and I are about the same age, but your educational journey through um, K twelve schooling and then beyond what had what what helped you land in Snapchat? Yeah, so I've got one of the most interesting, I would say. Um, backgrounds or stories on how I landed at Snapchat, probably from, you know, all of the people that I've met at Snap, you know, most of them have um, very kind of star studded, higher educational resumes. Um, uh, not to say that I don't, but just in terms of what people would consider success and failure from a, an educational background, they would probably consider mine more of a challenge. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I think I found some success and, and landed in a similar position as, as my counterparts. So, um, yeah, so K through K through eight, uh, public schools in Farmington, great school district for the most part. Um, I, I spent most of my childhood um, playing um, hockey at, at a very competitive level, and I was pretty decent at it to the point where uh, I was at a tournament out in Boston. I was approached by uh, the Cranbrook Kingswood um, high school hockey coach. And if I was ever willing to consider um, private school or college preparatory as an option, come from a really modest background. So financially, that was going to be a challenge. Uh, but nonetheless, they were going to be willing to kind of aid us along the way. Um, so I jumped in, you know, head first into um, the Cranbrook Kingswood community where uh, I was actually provided 
you know, all of the tools and instruments you would need and to be able to take advantage of what I would consider one of the best, you know, um, college preparatory educations that you could receive. And I did not really take advantage of it uh, in, in any way, shape or form. I spent most of my time, like, like a lot of kids, like worrying about sports, worrying about your social status um, and things like that. And really just kind of like, you know, I was, I would guess I would consider myself popular and, uh, but ultimately kind of confused about where I was going to go, what the next steps were. I mean, I knew I wanted to go to college and things like that, but I don't think it was my primary, fo I know it wasn't my primary focus. And I was a very, you know, kind of average student, probably like a, a C student. And, and I, and I, and I ultimately frustrated a lot of my, my teachers because they knew the talent was there and I just wasn't taking advantage of it. Um, and I think in a lot of cases there was, there were courses that I succeeded in, and those were the teachers that they went the extra mile and, and really tried to befriend me rather than alienate me because I wasn't the model student. Right. So anyways, from there, I went to Michigan state, um, where I studied in finance, um, for, I was there for about four and a half years. Uh, and during that time, again, just not focused, um, and not taking full advantage of, of the education that was there or the curriculum that was there, kind of, again, just a C student. And then while that was taking place, uh, the poker craze hit. Um, and that was about what, 2002. And I decided that I was going all in and I was going to become a professional poker player. Right. My parents were obviously uh, super elated. That's <laughs> my sarcasm here. They were not. Uh, that that was how I was going to try and make a living for the rest of my life. And there was a lot of people that were doing it successfully. And obviously the grand majority were not. Um, I did that for about three years unsuccessfully. So like major failures, right? But major failures, in my opinion, are the way people learn, right? Some of the, the biggest business leaders on this planet fail every single day and have challenges every single day. And that's where they learn and grow. And uh, ultimately adapt. So from there I went and uh, I, I left Michigan State. I ended up finishing my BA in economics at Wayne State um, while I was actually starting my professional career at the same time at a company called CompuWare. Um, for those Michiganders out there, CompuWare is like the largest software company in Michigan. They built their entire model on mainframe and servicing uh, large data clients. Uh, like social security and the automotive manufacturers that needed to keep a lot of data housed on the mainframe and not on the cloud. We won't go too deep there, but my primary role was inside sales. My territory was um, Northern California. So I was selling software from Detroit, Michigan, and essentially into Silicon Valley. So think about that. Uh, also during, this was, yeah, this was obviously a challenge. This was during 2008 during the recession. So I would say this was probably the hardest job I'll, I'll ever have. Yeah. Uh, and learned a great deal about uh, building relationships internally and externally. Um, yeah, and about, you know, just fortitude and staying the course. So it was at that time in about 2010 that um, through some relationships that I'd had in college, uh, I met a guy named David Fardman who um, is the principal at one of the largest um, privately had commercial real privately held commercial real estate companies in Southeast Michigan called the Farman group. He was starting a digital media company um, called outdoor hub, which is essentially like the ESPN of the outdoors uh, and digital media was really explode explosive at the time. So if you think about it, our sports weren't the sports you'd find on ESPN. They were more of these outdoor sports, hunt, fish, shoot, camp, hike, mountain, water, power, farming, et cetera. Um, 
And I started there with a resume that was basically bleak and it was all built on uh, trust, right? He trusted me and saw these kind of skills that you can't find on a resume that you could find by sitting down with somebody and having a conversation um, and really took uh, a chance, you know, I would say on me and in, in a lot of ways, um, I helped him grow his business for about eight years to the point where I became running the sales for uh, everything east of the Mississippi, so half of the nation for him. Uh, and I left right before they eventually sold that company uh, to a larger firm called Vertical Scope. Um, and then during that time, I was actually sought out by Snapchat um, in, in a roundabout way and then kind of decided to diversify my skill set outside of lifestyle media and into this crazy social data-driven space that we find ourselves in today. And I won't go too deep into Snapchat because it gets very, very granular and technical. Um, but yeah, that, 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 that in a nutshell is the story. That's, I'm just sitting here, and if, if you can see me, I've got a page just filled with notes, and I've heard this story before. But I'm just sitting here making all these connections to all these things that, that you're saying that, that, I mean, just just resonate. One of the the buzz phrases out there right now is the idea of failing forward. Um, failing forward, yeah. Nail that. I mean, it's, it, you know, you talked about, I guess, let me pick a few rabbit trails here. One of the things that resonated with me is you said that you didn't see yourself as that focused. You said, I wasn't that focused as a student. I would look at it a little bit differently. I would say that you were completely focused, but maybe not focused on school. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, you, you talk about the- had a different measurement of success. Yeah. It's really what yeah. happened to me early. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for those people that, that aren't familiar with Cranbrook, it is, it's a, it's a private school here in, in Southeast Michigan, um, in Oakland County. Oakland County is a, um, it, it, it's, it's a nice county to, to live and work in. We'll just it's put it affluent. It is a fluent county. Very, very affluent. Yeah. Um, a lot of expectations for, for kids that come out of Oakland County and you were chosen to come be at this cream of the crop institution, um, because of your hockey skills and, you had to have some sort of work ethic um, or some sort of focus and attention to details just from that. I think just, I'll, I'll just take a side here um, is pump up those electives or special areas or those essential areas of schools that we're constantly slashing and cutting and saying, we have to focus on content. We got to focus on reading math, science, and social studies at the expense of sports and extracurriculars. And I would argue sometimes uh, we have students that learn more, if not um, more important things, and some of those extra curriculars or those essential areas, even sports that carry them through life. But that's a, that's a conversation maybe for another time. I want to say something real quick though. Yeah. There was a time when I did a lot of internships as I was in college. I did them with Wachovia Securities, with Smith Barney. I'd mentioned I was studying yeah. in finance and ultimately in Merrill Lynch. And at one point uh, I was going through an interview process at Merrill Lynch to become a private wealth manager. And the entire interview process, believe it or not, was all around um, winning and competition. And the guy that ran the office, basically his entire interview was, I want you to tell me three instances in which you've won and you've won big. And so if you think about it, it's a really tough question to answer. Oh, right. And it's easy if you're a, an athlete, right? They hire a lot of athletes that maybe not have, have done as great from a curriculum standpoint, but people that are super competitive and they're going to stop nothing short of at winning and winning in business, right? Taking those skills that they learn on the field and bringing them into the business into a business standpoint. So if, unless you've won state championships and 
you know, if you played in college and done some of these things, it's a really, really tough question to answer. Um, but nonetheless, they valued those right. skills, right? Yeah. At, a, at, a, at a really, really, really important level. Yeah, it's so good. And, you know, I'll talk selfishly from my end. In education, my job is to prepare kids for later on in life so they can go out there and be successful, which means I have to give them those opportunities and those skill sets so they can go out there and get those, those jobs at some of these um, places that put value on winning or reflection or growth or being willing to take risks and chances. I mean, that's what, that's what I'm hearing is that that's what leads to ultimate success. You know, something I've talked about in the past on past episodes, we won't go into it right now is the idea that your resume will get you an interview. Um, your, uh, your, your passion will get you the job. Your relationships will get you the promotion. And I think it's, it's important that we focus on all phases of that. It's not just let's create a resume because you're a prime example. Your resume has been built through your passion and through your relationships as you've gone. You've met people that have said, I want to take a chance on you. And because you have that relationship with them, you don't want to let them down. So you're knocking down walls for them and building skills along the way. You're not, you don't just get those skills in your K-12 schooling. But um, you know, something I want to talk about a little bit, if that's okay. You talk about this relationship you, you had with um, David um, Fogman, and who's this guy that um, gave you this opportunity, gave you this chance, and then basically gave you the reins to say, grow this for me. Um, can you, do you mind elaborating a little bit more about how um, he inspired you and empowered you to go out there and just become you? Yeah, so David is like, again, he, he probably has a similar educational background. He spent time at Michigan State, average student at best. Um, but what I, what I was attracted to him so early on, in even the first time I met with him was just his charisma and his ability to connect with people, you know, just in the way in which he asks the questions and the questions that he asks and how he gets people to open up. And I've seen him do this in the conference or in the boardrooms at the highest level um, and get people to open up and build trust-based relationships, unlike anything I've ever seen. To take down those barriers where people have like their, pre, their predefined notions of your company or of you and really just, um, you know, kind of break all the laws that be and break all those barriers. And he's, uh, an incredible human being. And that's one of the skill sets that, that he has unlike a lot of people I've ever seen. So in a lot of ways, I, I kind of, uh, considered him a mentor on that front, uh, and, and really just constantly was, you know, trying to meet with him as much as possible on his busy calendar and get as much time I could with him, not just to like, show him that I cared, but really just to learn from him. And I think that he appreciated the fact that I was trying to learn from his skill set and that I recognized it and that it wasn't, you know, a BS right. skill set. It was real and it worked and there was real benefits that came from it. And the guys, uh, and he was in, in ultimately one of the hardest workers I've ever met. I mean, you know, the guy's up at 4.30 in the morning working out every day before he starts his day. So there was a lot of things that I envied about him and still do to this day. Uh, and those energy levels, et cetera. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah. You know, there's two quotes that, that resonate with me that I've heard recently. It's, um, and I, I'm not saying that to discount curriculum and academics. I mean, truly, my job is all about curriculum and academics. So I don't want people to get the, the impression that I'm discounting that at all. But it's been said before that A students end up working for the C students. And it's not because they don't have academic knowledge. It's because 
oftentimes those C students, I mean, they're not failures. C students are those ones that also know how to play the social game, if you will. They know how to, to maneuver life and their whole attention isn't just to mastering tests and quizzes and just spitting back um, information that now Alexa and Google and Siri can give you. It's, it's about making those interpersonal connections. And then Elon Musk, um, you know, one of the richest people in the world right now, one of the biggest innovators in the world. Um, it's, you know, you can see these memes all over the place where he says, I didn't go to Harvard, but the people that work for me did, which I think is so, it's, it's a cool statement. Um, and it, it helps realign my focus and my challenge um, where if I am to be setting kids up for success, I need to make sure that my focus is really on the focus. Use relationships, use skill building, and supplement content and curriculum and all that stuff, but focus on the stuff that matters. Um, when we were uh, chatting at, at Snapchat, you talked about some of the, the keys to success. Um, and you, know, you even talked about um, new people that are coming in or just new people entering the workforce. And what are some of those, those keys, and those skill sets that, that are needed? Um, do you mind elaborating on that just a little bit from your own perspective and your own point of view? Yeah, so I, I had this um, this slide that I prepared for the team, and I and I have it in front of me now. And I guess I'll just I've had this with me for for about a decade now. Yeah, the ten things that require zero talent, um, and it's amazing because some of them will resonate more than others. But being on time and work ethic, effort, body language. A lot of people don't think about body language and how important it is when you're in front of your your boss, your direct manager, when you're in front of your clients. Body language can win the business, lose the business, get the promotion, not get the promotion. That A lot of that goes along with your energy levels. What type of energy do you bring into your, your office space every single day? And energy even leads into attitude. Attitude, I think, is probably the most important, right? We're all going to have to, for the most part, we're all going to have to go to work every single day. So how are you going to go to work? Are you going to go to work angry? Are you going to go to work happy? What type of attitude are you going to bring? I tell you, people want to work with happy people more than they want to work with angry people or people that are negative. People that are positive, they're the ones that are going to ultimately succeed in, in my opinion. So passion, obviously you have to be coachable and willing to learn. Again, all of these have nothing to do with if you got an A, a B or C or D. These are just things that you can do. Doing the extra work and being prepared. And in my opinion, school is all about learning how to become prepared. That's what you're doing. You read, you learn, you're quizzed on it, where you're prepared. Right. And that's, and it's setting you up for what you're going to deal with in the business, in the business world, whether you're a teacher, uh, an administrator, uh, an account executive at Snapchat. I mean, if I go into my clients uh, and I'm trying to help them understand how to, you know, launch a new model on Snapchat and it's going to cost them a million bucks and I'm not prepared, they're not going to do it. Right. Day. So you got to know your stuff. Yeah. So, but again, I think attitude at the end of the day is like, and everyone that knows me would say, wow, the guy's like a comedian. He's bringing all this like funny, quirky jokes into the office every single day. And that's not because I'm, I don't take what I do seriously. I take what I do very seriously. But we can have fun while we're doing it. Right. Yeah. And it, it, it's so good. You know, in, in schools today, we've become so fixated on, on chasing the numbers and uh, or chasing the grade. There are states all across uh, America today where schools and districts are given a letter grade for their success. And, and chasing the measurement of success. And they're, they're defining success as kids' proficiencies on singular tests or whatever the case may be. Um, 
And I, I get it. We want to make sure that we're prepared. We want to make sure that we're, we're reflective and that we're analytical and um, progress monitoring. I get all of that. But I think what you just articulated very well is all of those things become the byproducts of doing things the right way. When you do things the right way, that success kind of just takes care of itself. If you're constantly chasing numbers, it's like chasing a rainbow. You'll never quite get there um, because you haven't formed those relationships. You haven't put in the effort and put in the work to get there. Uh, it's something that's also interesting to me. It's, it's almost oxymoronic and seems like a, a, a bipolar example, if you will, where you, know, you work for this social media company um, that really the, the, the major audience, the major demographic um, that's utilizing your, your platform are teenagers and uh, millennials. And yep. 13 to 34 is our sweet spot. So people like us sit around and will complain about kids these days and how they're just fixated on their phones and all they want to do, they, they've lost these social skills, but you're here, you work in that industry, you work in that space and you're here preaching social skills matter. Um, they do. Oh, powerful. You know, you're not just sending snaps out to the big three saying, Hey, look how cool we are. You're still making connections. I mean, we, we still, in a world that's, that most people communicate in business by email, I still think the best way to communicate is, is in person, right. uh, sitting down with somebody at their desk, shaking their hand, and having a 30-minute real conversation. Not even just a presentation that's formal and thoughtful, but, but more of a thoughtful conversation. Yeah. You learn about them, you learn about who they are, what their needs are, wants are, and ultimately what their business objectives are, and if you can help them meet them or exceed them. Right. It's, it's so good. You know, uh, it's a bad example, but um, we're in an age where people are downloading music through iTunes and um, Spotify and all this stuff. We're downloading music all the time. Yep. Where we make that connection with the artist is when we go to their concerts. We still want to see them in person. You know, it's one thing to, to consume, but when you make that connection, you can see them and be in the same space with them. You become that lifelong fan. And you're like, oh my gosh, we are connected. And it's so true and so real with, with every human interaction. There's one thing to, to text your friends, another thing to sit in the same room with them and have a conversation with them. So uh, you're nailing it on so many levels, <laughs> so many levels. Well, just keep, I just keep moving forward. Yeah. That's it. So, what, so I guess I'll just wrap up with this, um, if possible. We talk about how so many people are defining success in a lot of different ways. Um, so many people try to quantify success and turn it into a number. Um, how do you define success? What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I think I spent, the, I spent the early part of my career, believe it or not, and most people probably do this, especially in sales, defining success by how much money you could make, right? Like, yeah, like what is my W-2 gonna look like at the end of the year? <laughs> right. um, and a lot of that has gone away. You know, I, I mean, you still wanna put bread on the table for your family, you know, and everyone needs to do that, but you know, ultimately right now, I think it really comes down to um, how much can I learn, which is totally the opposite of how I started. I was like, how much, how little can I learn? How fast can I make money? Right. That was like what I was focused on when I, when I was in college it was like all about the job. And now I'm all about what can I learn? So, and that was why I came to Snapchat, right? Because it's like the evolution of what's happening in the world from a communication standpoint. And ultimately from a media standpoint, I was like, that's a train I need to learn about or get on so I can learn about, um, all the changes, right? So that that's going to help me diversify my skill set as I move forward throughout my career, right? And I'm and I'm at the precipice of of just getting to the point where you know I'm getting into these like really senior positions. So if I want to become a leader and recognize as a trusted 
source uh, in Detroit, then, then that's what I'm going to need to do is be as knowledgeable as I possibly can. Oh, so good. So good. Mike, I, I just got to, I'll, I'll wrap it up with, with these thoughts. Um, you, you used leader in the future tense. Like when you get to be a leader, I'll, I'll just tell you, I don't know you very well. I mean, we've now interacted twice, but uh, you've already had this huge influence on me. So you're leading me and, and I appreciate that. I, I think that other people that listen to this are going to be nodding their heads, saying amen, preach, and just sharing this with so many others. And uh, although you don't work in education per se, you, I think, have just educated people all across this country. And it's, it's powerful. The message that you share, your story, um, and your passion, your conviction, is, it's amazing. So I, I appreciate that. You know, I had a last thought here. And it was, you know, because I failed at this poker thing and I thought I was always failing when I was young. And it always seemed so dramatic, right? <laughs> Test score back and it seemed so dramatic. You got to go home to your parents. You got to talk about this. Or you didn't make the team and it was like the most dramatic thing, right? And like, I'm not going to, I don't know what my next job's going to be. It was so dramatic. And now things seem less dramatic. Like, it's just, if you just keep, stay the course, and that's a lot of like, you, you, those are just the processes of learning. Right. And, and, and then the other thing I would say is the value of relationships. Like I've always overvalued relationships and communication and people. Like I just love people. Um, and at one point that didn't seem like that was going to help me in a career standpoint. And then all of a sudden it did in a big, big way. And I've made a lot of really trust-based relationships in this community. Um, and as such, um, you know, they've, they've helped me and I've learned a lot from them. They've learned a lot from me and, we grow together. So good. So good. I, I just, I'll just, I'll share a little bit my story and some people have heard this already and I've written about it and talked about it, but so I'm in my 20th year in education after I had taught for one year, one year, mind you, I thought I had all the answers. I thought, Hey, I've got this thing down. I'm ready to go out there and lead. Um, so I went out and got my master's. It took me a year to get my master's degree. So after my second year of teaching, I had my master's, I went on 16 job interviews to become a school leader, to become a principal, assistant principal, um, any kind of leadership position, 16, and did not get a second, a single call. <laughs> and I was so angry and so pissed and thought, these people are all just a bunch of idiots. They don't know that they're missing the next, the next best thing. I've got all the answers. And I shut down the world and said, they, they're just missing out because I know how great I am. And I had a, a mentor who called me in, sat me down and, and told me just flat out, I was missing the mark. Um, and basically gave the same advice that you just gave. Basically humble yourself and start focusing on people. Live in the moment, live right now and quit trying to set yourself up for that next best thing and doors yeah. start opening for you. And that's exactly what happened. I went in and just tried to become the absolute best I could as a teacher. And then I was just given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity without having to knock down doors and knock down walls. And I think what you just said is it resonated with me personally. And I think it's going to resonate with so many others as well. Yeah, we all, I think everybody probably spends too much time looking into the future and not, not um, analyzing the doors that are right in front of them. Yeah. You miss opportunities sometimes by looking beyond the ones that are right there. True story. Yeah. Right. You begin every sentence with, I can't wait until you miss right now. So that's yeah, good. That's right. It's good. Well, Mike, I, I just want to say thank you once again. I appreciate this so, so much. Um, one of the, my favorite conversations I've, I've had on this podcast. So uh, you did live up to that expectation that I threw out there. Um, so I appreciate it so much. And, uh, well, I am, I am more than flattered to have been considered, uh, to be a part of this. 
So thank you so, so much. Okay. Did you enjoy this episode? I hope so. If you did, feel free to keep listening by subscribing right now to the Lasting Learning Podcast and get new episodes as soon as they're released. Interested in knowing more about me, Dave Schmidow? Well, feel free to find out what makes me tick by reading one of my books, Bold Humility or It's Like Riding a Bike. Feel free to check them both out on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or directly on my website, schmidow.net. That's S-C-H-M-I-T-T-O-U dot net.